with older kids, with tweens and teens, what we generally see is the want to is pretty connected to social connection. Because remember, anxiety gets in the way of social connection. It might be that I want to be able to hang out with my friends. I want to be able to go to a sleepover. I want to be able to babysit. I want to be able to. There's an already sort of a built-in incentive. For younger kids, that may not be the case. So, for example, your six-year-old has been sleeping in your bed with you, and everybody's been super cozy, and it's been great, but now it's time for him to go. He doesn't think that's such a good idea. So when you say to him, hey, you know what? At the end of the summer, we're going to have you start sleeping in your own bed or sleeping in your own room. He's like, well, why? Because this arrangement really works well for me. Welcome to Fluster Clucks with Lynn Lyons, where we talk about how to manage those tricky emotions that show up in all families. Serious stuff without being too serious. I'm your co-host, Robin, and I'm Lynn's sister-in-law, and I'm here to ask your questions. And I'm Lynn Lyons. I'm an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and author, and I've been a therapist for over 30 years. Parenting can be a Fluster Clucks, and I'm here to help you find your way. And I'll even tell you what to do and what to say. Lynn, what's the best moment you've experienced yet this summer? Okay, so I probably would have to pick two. Well, oh my gosh, there's been so many. So my mom's 80th birthday party and watching the video that we made was so funny. Like I was just howling with laughter. That was like 40 moments, so that was great. I went on a hike with my pal. We went up Mount Jefferson in New Hampshire, which is one of the mountains in the presidential range, and I hadn't seen her for a while. And I mean, the mountain was in a cloud and it was windy and blowy. It was hot at the bottom and cold at the top. It was like the DLT of hiking. Some of you won't know that reference. And so that was really great to be with my friend. And then I was just at my son's college graduation. I had two graduations this summer because one was regularly scheduled. The other was postponed for two years. So we just had his graduation. I sat in the sun. It was 95 degrees. I was really, really hot. But the ceremony was great. It was so wonderful to see him, seeing all these pals. I got to spend time with my best college pal. And I don't know, do you know the, the band Darling Side? I do not. Okay. Well, they're really good. And you should tell my brother to listen to them because I think their music would be just up his alley if he's not familiar. And if I forget, he'll just hear this in the podcast. Right. So listen to Darling Side, but they are graduates of the college that I went to, and they came back as a special treat for the class of 2020, and they performed at the graduation. And I love them. And so that was really great, too. That's awesome. My mom's birthday, hiking with my pal, and being at my son's graduation, sitting in the heat, listening to a great band. The thing that all of those have in common, all of them were incredibly emotional in all different ways. Right. I was feeling all the feels. I was feeling all the feels. Yeah. What about you? I think it's pretty tough to top the family gathering for the 4th of July and your your mom's 80th birthday. I mean, I would say that was definitely my best. Yeah. And the boat parade. You were on the boat. I was not on the boat. Oh. I'm landlocked on the boat parade. I help organize our theme and the costumes yeah. and all of that stuff. I don't participate in the in the boat parade much anymore. I can't sing. And we always have the family members who can mm -hmm. sing go on the boat. But you can't really sing either, right? 
I can promote singing. I can get everybody to sing. I was just laughing, thinking and a little distracted that what if we didn't text other family members anymore, but we just told them our messages through the podcast and they would listen to it. Hey, listen to <laughs> Darling's side. Or like, what if we just had all of these family messages that they'd have to listen to? Because we know our family does listen. Yes. Well, and I would also say a great moment. I'm actually here with my kids and friends down in Orlando while we're attending some events. And it's great to be here. And I was actually working on our retreat that's happening at the end of September. And I will just say that if you have been thinking about it, the deadline is Monday, August 1st, in order to get a discounted room at the Four Seasons. And we have gotten incredible rates for the weekend with practically $1,000 a night off. I think it's like the number one rated resort in North America. It always wins that award. Wow. And it earns it. It's just like the greatest pool, lazy river, everything. But then also hanging out and celebrating joy. Finding joy inside and out is the theme. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about that fifth puzzle piece, that fifth anxiety disruptor Mm -hmm. that you talk about in your book, Anxious Kids, Anxious Parents. So we're number five of seven. What is number five? Number five is you got to have a want to. You got to know what you want. And the reason this puzzle piece is so important is remember is that when kids are anxious, when kids are worried, when kids are fearful, it's really hard to get them to move forward. Because in the moment, every part of their body, their imagination, sometimes like at a cellular level practically, their body is saying, nope, 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 nope. A very common question that I get that I get asked a lot, and what we really work on when I'm working with families, is how do we get kids to step into something that they don't want to step into? And our last puzzle piece, remember we talked about, well, I don't know if it was the last one, but the one where we're talking about getting on offense, that was sort of how do we get kids to be on offense and move in instead of being on defense? And then almost like clockwork, the next question that comes up is, well, how do I get them to do that? So we had this puzzle piece because the importance of somehow incentivizing your kids to move into what can be pretty challenging at first is really, really important as we're helping activate them. Because remember, anxiety is about passivity, avoidance, nope, not doing it, stuck. So this is how do we get them going? Would this be a good time for you to do a quick recap? Yeah. The first puzzle piece that we talked about was that we are going to expect worry. We're going to expect it to show up. Remember, as I'm talking about this, that all of the puzzle pieces are about stepping in and they are all the opposite of elimination. Every puzzle piece is sort of movement forward instead of retreat back, movement forward. So we're going to expect it to show up. Hello, worry. We knew we were going to show up. Why are you going to show up, Worry? Because it's normal, because our brains are designed that way, because you have a good imagination. Then we're going to externalize it, and we're going to talk to it. Remember, it's not necessarily talk back to it, because we're not trying to get rid of it, but we're going to open a conversation with Worry. We're going to name it. We're going to say, hi, Hilga. Hi, Sally. Hi, Pete. We're going to have a conversation with it. We're going to personify it. We're going to be able to sort of pull it out, have a look at it, create that distance. We're trying to normalize, normalize, normalize. 
Because what's the opposite of what I teach is we have to get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. Not doing that. Stepping in. Now, the third puzzle piece, we're going to be uncomfortable and unsure on purpose. Why? Because it's the opposite of worry. Worry wants to be certain and comfortable. So we're going to find some ways on purpose. We're going to make it a mental game so that you step in and we're going to expect that you're going to feel uncomfortable. We're going to expect that you're going to feel anxious and we're not going to focus on being calm, being relaxed. We're going to focus on energizing this system to move forward. And then the next puzzle piece is breathe. We talked about breathing as a way to help reset the nervous system. It's a way to get your feet back under you so you can do the moving in. So if you're having somatic symptoms, if you've got a kid who's got tummy aches or feeling sick or feeling overwhelmed physically, great way to reset, get that prefrontal cortex back online. And then we come to number five, which is you got to have a want to. You got to know what you want. Very simply, that's just saying we want kids to have skin in the game. They got to have skin in the game. Sometimes that's easy. Let's say you've got a 12-year-old who's really worrying about going off and doing things on her own, but man, she is dying to take horseback riding lessons, or she is dying to be able to go to the fair with her group of friends. And so she's got an incentive. She's got something that she's looking forward to doing, and we can talk about worry as getting in the way of what you want. If we can set it up that way, enormously helpful. Let's hear more of that after we come back from our break. Do you think seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one? And then like, when do you have time to meet with them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. It's in network with most major insurers. There's no need to commute to appointments. You won't miss time at work or have to line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace lets you send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next session. Therapy can help you shift your perspective and find tools to cope in difficult times. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, and much more. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Fluster to get $80 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com slash Fluster. How are those New Year's resolutions going? Well, many are destined to fail. But lucky for you, here's one easy resolution idea that we gave you that we can all make and it will make your life easier. It'll be kinder to our planet and it will transform the way you do laundry in 2024. And that is switching to EarthBreeze. EarthBreeze looks like dryer sheets, but it's ultra-concentrated laundry detergent and it couldn't be easier. You just throw a sheet in with your laundry in any temperature and you watch it dissolve in any wash cycle hot or cold. There's no measuring, there's no mess, there's no fuss, there's no wasteful plastic jug. EarthBreeze fights everyday stains and odors, giving you an amazing clean every time. The best part is you'll never run out again thanks to EarthBreeze flexible subscription that you can adjust, pause, or cancel at any time with no hidden fees or penalties. And you'll save a whopping 40% when you subscribe. Shipping's always free and it comes in a slim cardboard envelope that saves a ton of space. So switching to EarthBreeze won't only make Laundry Day easier for you. 
but it will also be easier on the planet. So help me make plastic jugs a thing of the past. And if Earth Breeze doesn't end up being the 2024 update of your dreams, you don't even have to return it. Just let them know it's not for you and you'll get a full refund, no questions asked. Get started with Earth Breeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash flusterclucks. That's earthbreeze.com slash flusterclucks for 40% off your subscription. Okay, Lynn, what were you saying? With older kids, with tweens and teens, what we generally see is the want to is pretty connected to social connection. Because remember, anxiety gets in the way of social connection. It might be that I want to be able to hang out with my friends. I want to be able to go to a sleepover. I want to be able to babysit. I want to be able to. There's an already sort of a built-in incentive. For younger kids, that may not be the case. So, for example, your six-year-old has been sleeping in your bed with you, and everybody's been super cozy, and it's been great, but now it's time for him to go. He doesn't think that's such a good idea. So when you say to him, hey, you know what? At the end of the summer, we're going to have you start sleeping in your own bed or sleeping in your own room. He's like, well, why? Because this arrangement really works well for me right? This is so cozy. Why would I not want to stay with you two? We've got to give him some sort of incentive to get out of the bed. If we are talking to little kids, sometimes just the idea that we're going to help your worry not be so powerful isn't enough. With older kids, sometimes, oftentimes that's enough. Little kids, not enough. What do you say to the little boy who's like, why would I want to leave this warm, cozy bed with the people I feel most secure with? Because you're like, because we want to have sex. No, you can say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> when two people love each other very much. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that is one of the reasons actually why you want your kids out of your bed. But you can say to them, well, we know that it's been really cozy for you in here, and we know that it's nice family time, but part of you growing and learning and part of you becoming who you're going to be and being able to step into things also means that you get to have your own space in your own bed, and it really is something that's going to come in handy as you get older. Then, now they say, well, okay, so but that doesn't really sound very good to me. I really like it here in this bed. It's super cozy. How about if I just, you know, I'll just sleep on the floor. If you don't want me in the bed, I'll just sleep on the floor. Then you might have to step in with some rewards. When I talk about rewarding kids, my husband always says, um, just say that you're bribing them. <laughs> just call it what it is. Let me lay out the difference for you between what I would see as sort of a bad bribe and a helpful reward that's a part of this process. I love, I thought you were going to say a bad bribe and a good bribe, but you were like, ooh, the euphemism, a helpful reward. That's a better term, a more helpful reward. Say I've got a family that's coming to see me and the child really doesn't like to come to see me. He is grumpy about coming. He sometimes doesn't even get out of the car when they get here. And the parents say, if you go in to talk to Lynn, then we will go and get an ice cream cone when you're done. But you have to go in and talk to Lynn and you have to participate or there's no ice cream for you. The child agrees begrudgingly to come in. And now there is going to be a debate throughout the session 
of whether or not the child is participating enough, how long they have to stay, if they leave and come back. So it just becomes this debate about whether or not you've earned your bribe. I also don't want to be a source of punishment for kids, of course. So if you don't talk to Lynn, then we won't get you ice cream. That's sort of where bribery sort of falls apart. Here's the other way you want to talk about it. I will say to a kid who comes to see me, and maybe we're trying to set up, they're going to play this game, right? They're going to go upstairs by themselves because they're afraid of going upstairs in their house when it's dark, or they're going to get on the school bus when school starts, or they're going to go to their swimming lesson and get into the water, whatever it is that you're trying to get them to do. I'm talking about separation in a lot of these situations. Then we set up a little game. And the game is, if you can practice or every time you practice stepping into something that makes worry show up, you're going to earn a little something. And sometimes it's from me. And sometimes other clinicians are like, you shouldn't do that. Here's the thing. I always tell kids why I'm rewarding them. And I will say, in order for your worry to get less powerful, you're going to have to do something that feels really difficult. You're going to have to do the opposite of what worry wants. And if in the back of your little brain, there's a little tiny voice that says, if you do this, little will give you a Tootsie Roll. I'm going to take that. I need to get some momentum going. So I say, I tell them just that it's hard for you to do this. And also, I'm not going to do this for the rest of your life or if the parents are doing it. We're not going to be your Tootsie Roll suppliers for the rest of your life. This is a short-term plan because I need to have you do what you need to do in order to prove to yourself that you can handle your worry. So I got to give them some traction. I got to give them some traction. It's short term. It's small. If somebody says, if you get on the school bus, I'll buy you a kitten or I'll get a pony, right? It's not that. It's small. It's little things. It can be one Tootsie Roll. It can be a Jolly Rancher. It can be a colored pencil. It can be time. It can be, you know, I'll sit in color with you, something like that. You want to make it short term. You want to explain clearly why you're doing it. You want to directly connect it to the fact that they're building the skill of stepping into their worry. And then for those of you clinicians that are listening out there, you want to make sure you follow through. You want to make sure when they come back, one of the first things you ask them is, how did it go? What did you earn? Or if you're going to give the prize, make sure you have it. And do a little celebration of them being able to earn these things because it was a way to help you step into the worry and to develop your confidence and to begin to see that worry isn't as powerful as you thought it was going to be. And never in a row. That's the other rule too. I never reward in a row. So I wouldn't say if you can sleep in your own bed for five nights in a row, or if you can get on the school bus for a week in a row, then you get this prize. It should be short-term, frequent rewards. It's okay if they don't do it. You don't go back and start at the beginning. If it takes them 10 days to sleep in their bed for five nights, so be it. But you make it playful. The thing about these kinds of rewards and the things about uh, developing this want to, it's not going to last for long. People are going to get bored with it. It's going to wear off. It's a very short-term way to sort of kickstart this thing and get that momentum going. Why don't you ever do them in a row where you say, 
I want you to achieve six nights in your own bed. They're all gung-ho, right? So first night goes great. Second night, yeehaw, oh my gosh. Third night, woohoo, we're doing it. Fourth night, oh my gosh, right? We're almost going to get to the Lego set. Fifth night, something happens, who knows what it is, and things go kaput. If it's in a row, as you get closer to the prize, the pressure builds. Everybody's feeling like, oh, we got to do it. We're almost there. And with that pressure, oftentimes it backfires and then they can't handle it. Or there's just some bad luck, right? Like they had a tummy ache or they had a mosquito in their room or they couldn't fall asleep or, or, or. When they work that hard, they work so hard on day one and two and three and four. And then on day five, it doesn't go so well. And you say, oh, well, I guess you have to start over again, right? All that hard work that you did, that doesn't count. We got to go back to the beginning. You'll lose them. It'll piss them off. It just is too much pressure for kids to expect they're going to do it in a way for, for those days in a row. Yeah, it backfires all the time. What you want to do is you want to have a conversation. If it's with your tween or your teen, you can say, look, we know that anxiety, we know that your worry is really getting in the way of a really important part of you, right? That friendly part, that caring part. Maybe you want to volunteer at the animal shelter. Maybe you want to participate in some sort of school activity. So let's think of a way that we can just play around with this. Be very direct with them, right? Let's think of a way that we can play around with this. Maybe doing this is incentive enough, but let's just play around with it. I like what you said. I'm rewarding you for the hard work you're doing. Mm -hmm. The opposite of anxiety. This is tough stuff. And when you work hard and take some risks and get uncomfortable, I'm rewarding that. Yeah. Yep. Because what you're saying is I'm noticing how much you're working on this. Right. And you're rewarding them addressing the process and not the content. Correct. Yeah. You're not rewarding the outcome, right? It feels like we're rewarding the outcome sometimes, but what you're really doing is you're almost rewarding the family's commitment to working together to not let the anxiety be so powerful. Hmm. The other reason why I, I reward is because it makes it fun. And as we know, anxiety is very anti-fun. Anxiety is not into play or silliness. You could even have it if you're thinking, okay, what would be a reward? You could say the reward will be that dad or I will go to Dunkin' Donuts to get our morning coffee wearing a silly wig and you get to watch from the car, right? So it's just playful and silliness. So any way that you can be creative with that and any way that you can take away the seriousness of this thing and the threat of this thing is really helpful. It really works well. Let's talk a little bit more about silliness after this break. Okay. I am really working on improving my diet by making sure that I get the best quality products organic foods, and I really want to make sure that I'm not using harsh chemicals in my home. Thrive Market is my go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials. The convenience of getting everything online and then quickly shipped to my doorstep, that is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. I can use their filters to suit my lifestyle needs. So maybe you're looking for organic snacks for your kids, or maybe you're gluten-free. As a Thrive Market member, 
I save money on every single grocery order. You will too. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily, always has some of my favorite brands. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. So join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash flusterclucks for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash flusterclucks. Thrivemarket.com slash flusterclucks. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. So when you're a parent, you're going to have your fair share of big talks with your kids, right? About all sorts of big topics. One of those big talks should involve money. And Greenlight can help with that. Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. It allows you to do instant money transfers. You can get real-time notifications of spending. You can manage chores. You can automate allowance. I know with my kids, we really wanted to help them see the cause and effect, right? If you spend money now, you're not going to have it later. If you earn money now and you save it, maybe you can put it towards some big purchase that you're looking forward to. This is called financial literacy, and it allows kids to build independence, to learn how money works, to make them better savers, better spenders. The Greenlight app also comes with an in-app financial literacy game. It's called Level Up, so that kids can build money confidence through videos, bite-sized challenges, mini games, and more. More than 6 million parents and kids use Greenlight to learn how to make responsible financial choices. So stop putting off the money talk and start putting your kids on the right path. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash fluster. That's greenlight.com slash fluster to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash fluster. So now back to the show. Lynn, I love that you bring up silliness in this context because I'm just really all in about the power of silliness and thinking about that in my own family life and the role that it plays. And there's really room for silliness in every way that we parent. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. When we're talking about anxiety, remember, anxiety and worry... They're all about imagining bad things happening. How do you enjoy silliness? How do you enjoy your family? How do you create these wonderful moments of connection and joy when worry is there to say, yeah, but mm, what about this? So the more that you show that to your kids and the more that you demonstrate to them that worry is going to show up, that worry is going to want to take over, but we're not playing. Worry, we're not playing. We're playing a different game. We're not playing your game. You know, having this want to, it's really two very important things. One is that we want to help kids keep the eye on the prize because we want them to recognize, and I want parents to recognize, how worry is so good at taking things away, right? I mean, I've said this before. Worry does not care if your kid goes to school, if they try out for baseball, if they get their driver's license, if they get a part-time job right? Worry doesn't care. 
So when we have a want to, it really helps kids, particularly older kids, think about and articulate what it is that their worry is getting in the way of and how they're going to amplify these other parts of themselves. Because remember, anxiety is a predictor of depression in teens because of the social impact it often has. With younger kids and with older kids too, we really are modeling for them and showing them that there's a way to deal with struggle and problems and there's a way to deal with obstacles without getting so distraught and feeling overwhelmed and feeling defeated. That like, all right, let's figure this out. If worry's going to come in here and say we can't do that, then we're going to figure something else out. It changes the whole tone, right? I'm so much about changing the emotional tone in anxious families because they're missing out on all of this silliness and this playfulness because the worry is so pervasive. And it's sucking the joy out of the room. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's very nature. The very nature of it is that we have to be concerned about this. We have to pay attention. What danger lurks around the next corner? All of what I talk about is really how do we do the opposite of what worry demands? How do we make sure that worry and anxiety don't get in the way of life's joy and connection and playfulness and adventure and risk and failure and all those other things? So this is just a way to sort of keep some skin in the game, so to speak, and to make it playful. The other thing too is that sometimes with a family, if you've got younger kids and they're not into it at all. So say the, you know, the goal is to get on the school bus or the goal is to go to swimming lessons and the younger kid is like, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if I learn how to swim, right? Or no, I like sleeping in this bed or I don't care if blah, blah, blah. Then you can talk about having a family goal. So you can say the family goal is that everyone learns how to swim because that's such an important skill to have. Or the family goal is that at night, people can go into their own beds and get a good night's sleep and blah, 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 blah. If you've got a kid who's like, no, thanks, I'm not playing the game, you can talk about a family goal and see if you can get them to participate, but you can do it without them too, is another thing to think about. Yeah. But you just want to, you just want to have fun with it. Little kids, they come in and I've made a deal with them that if they step into their worry, they keep track of it. They will walk in and and maybe I'll say, I'm going to, I'll give you a Tootsie Roll for every time you do it. I make sure I get my big bag of Tootsie Rolls and they come in and they slam that little piece of paper down on my desk and they're like, pay up, Missy. And they've done it 18 times and I count out the 18 Tootsie Rolls. This is me saying to them, I had confidence that you could do this. I'm helping you by being playful with this. The Tootsie Roll isn't really the thing that I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on what you did to get the Tootsie Roll. And I am so proud of your ability to step into this. And the Tootsie Roll is just a little perk. And I like Tootsie Rolls too. Again, sometimes people say, oh, you shouldn't give kids candy. You don't have to give, you can give them marbles. I have a whole big bowl of marbles in my office. They can pick out these cool marbles. I have Super Balls colored pencils, whatever you feel comfortable with. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but this is about changing the emotional tone. You're going to make it short term. You're going to be really clear about why you're doing it, never in a row. And you're going to make sure that you as a family are inserting some playful and silliness with this so that we're changing and shifting out of this worried culture. 
On the uh, topic of silliness, have you seen the young woman? I mean, it's gone viral. I think she was on Jimmy Fallon the other night, who is trying to teach people about her farm and her emu Emmanuel keeps pecking at her camera. I have seen this in my Twitter feed, but I've never I've never been able to click play and hear it. I mean, it's just charming because she's just so delightful and the animals are so silly. And she's just got such a funny way of talking and yelling at her emu. So if you haven't watched her, I'm sorry, I'm not remembering her name, but her emu's name is Emmanuel. And I think there's another one named Ellen. Yeah. So it's really just cute and fun. I can put that in the show notes because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cute. If you haven't seen it, it's like the Ted Lasso of farm animals. So join our Facebook community so you can ask Lynn a question and connect with our listeners. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Flusterclux. Bye, Robin. Bye, Lynn. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking